Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. If I asked you to give up one of your five senses, which one would you choose? Chances are, instead of giving up your ability to see or hear, your sense of smell would be in pole position for Pachop. Scientists in Germany think that we're underappreciative of smell's role in our evolution as a species. With new research from the Max Planck Institute, exploring biomolecular methods to bring smells from the past back to life. James Titko spoke with Barbara Huber. We can analyze all sorts of different samples, but what we usually do is look into aromatic compounds, spices, resins, herbs, something like that. This can be done all over the world in all sorts of time periods, but what we have done for, for our own studies, we've mostly looked into objects from ancient Arabia, ancient Egypt, and uh, in a time period from the early Bronze Age to the Roman period and antiquity. That's amazing. That's thousands of years ago. Where exactly in these ancient civilizations do you find these remnants of smell hiding? We, we find them in all sorts of archaeological artifacts and contexts. Containers such as incense burners, perfume flasks, cooking pots. But we're also able to look into soil samples because biomolecules could also preserve there. Or even dental calculus, which is the dental plaque that builds up on our teeth. And ancient biomolecules can even be preserved within this plaque. So yes, it's like a really broad array of different contexts, features, objects that we can sample. And we call them scent archives. <laughs> so have like an easier term for it. So what part exactly of a really old smell survives for all those years for you to be able to transport it back to your lab and begin the reconstruction? These residues, they are composed of different molecules, so it can be very volatile odour compounds, but it can also be like more macromolecules like proteins, also lipids, if you think of like oils, scented oils and perfumes, and then we try to analyze them and identify them and at the end we want to know what the sample was and it can be a single substance so a resin a spice or whatever it can also be a mixture a blend like perfumes so you have not not only one substance but we try to kind of like disentangle the composition and try to find out all the different ingredients maybe this is a bit of an unfair question but how do you know you've recreated the smell exactly as it was there's nobody hanging around from uh, the bronze age to corroborate that the incense or the perfume smells exactly the same right how can you be sure that you've got the original scent that's yeah that's a good question 
So it's not really our purpose to exactly recreate the scent. We think that scent is more a tool to understand the past better. So if we look at all these different smell scapes and scents, it opens up new questions and avenues. We can look at trade, we can look at perfumery and cosmetics, but also like what did you use for medical and hygienic reasons, for rituals. So there are so many different aspects of the past we can study with that. If we try to, to completely recreate it, that's not really possible. But it's also not what we what we aim to do. And once you've recreated a smell or got as close as you are trying to get, what do you do with it? Where do you keep them? Can the public smell them for themselves? I think it can be a really powerful tool for museums and exhibitions because if people are... If, if they can not only see the objects, maybe sometimes even touch, but also like experience mm. them in a different way, smell them, get a sense of what maybe the surrounding, the environment has smelled at that time. So I think so far the past is pretty odorless. And if we provide a little bit more of that, we can provide another perspective on, on the past. It strikes me that your research may have taken on an increased significance, maybe because of the COVID pandemic. You hear stories of people who long after recovering from the illness, are still suffering from complete loss of taste and smell and saying how much they took those things for granted. I found it very interesting that there was a survey, I think a decade ago, young people were asked whether or not they would give up their sense of smell to keep social media, their computers and their phones. I think more than half of them would rather give up their sense of smell to keep their smartphone. And I think the loss of smell during the pandemic kind of highlighted that this is really wrong. Experiencing the loss of smell kind of like highlighted or brought back how how important it actually is. 